Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Reading from chapter 10, starting at verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The Gospel of the Lord. Please have a seat, except for Steve. I want to introduce you to um, our friend Steve and his wife Tara. Tara, please stand up, give a twirl. Um, I'd love to say they came all the way from West Asia just to see us, and it's partly true. They did come all the way from West Asia to see us, but maybe not just to see us. But we're really glad that you're here with us this evening. And um, let's pray for them before Steve um, is going to bring a word for us. Um, if you want to reach out a hand towards them, feel free. Um, let's ask the Lord to bless them. Father, we thank you so much for Steve and for Tara and for our relationship with the life they live in West Asia. Thank you, Father, for the ways that you have protected, guarded, and guided them over many years of following you. But you continue to do so, Lord. And will you help us to know how to love them well as we get the opportunity, too, to get to know their neighbors, uh, both here and, and far away. Help us to have eyes that are open and ears that are listening. Bless Steve. Bless Tara. Amen. Over to you, Steve. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to see you all. I've noticed that it's 518 and this tells me after 15 minutes, there's some kind of trap door that opens here. So I'm going to do my very best to avoid disappearing. I was checking your incarnation website from a little town called Nicaea in West Asia just a few days ago. And it said that you are very grateful for your partnership in West Asia. So thank you for that. Thank you for your partnership. Tara and I don't have a website, but if we did, we would write on there, we are very grateful for our partnership with South Arlington in the USA. So it's reciprocated, and we've just loved having, just looking around, I can see several of you, more than several of you, who've come to West Asia more than once, some of you several times, and joined in and really taken to heart the lovely people we live amongst there who we want to see falling in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember the harmony described in Acts chapter 2? Some years before the scene, we just had acted out. You've got talent abundant here, haven't you? Wonderful acting skills. Do you remember Acts chapter 2, sharing things, loving each other, gathering together daily, meals together, sweetness and light, 
Holy Spirit falling. And here we are, roll on some years, and I've called this little talk Mixed Emotions, Fierce Arguments, Tempers, Going Their Separate Ways, but some good stuff as well. Great relief, laughter, embracing, cheering. How many of those have you tasted in the last year since you've been meeting together here? <laughs> well, a good number, I bet. A good number. Church planning work is tiring. And as you get into it, some of the gloss, maybe there shouldn't be any gloss at the start, but that fairly easily dis shared desire to get the job done at the beginning. As life begins to get going, you get tired. Some of the things that you thought might have come easily haven't come quite so easily. Some of that gloss can wear off, and some of these tensions that we see acted out here so realistically, so honestly, come into play. At the same time, they were dealing with big issues of the time, circumcision, issues of race, it was tough, it was raw, but despite all that, they got on with it. They got on and pressed on with the job. There were stresses and strains, but they pushed on and moved forward. Why battle on when the going gets tough? You could come up with many reasons. We could all do that. I just want to suggest two here. One are the words of Jesus that he'd given at the time he ascended. And they must have been still ringing in their ears as they are for us today. Go and make disciples of all nations. And secondly, Paul, who could say, yet not I, but Christ in me. And in tough times, it's good to remember those two things. When it can get gritty and a bit hard and we're not growing and, ah, you know the detail, I don't. Go and make disciples. And it's not about us. It's not about me. That's good news, huh? But it's Christ in us. Hold on to those as you move forward in church planting. I spend about um, a month a year, I make four trips a year up to Central Asia, and they're often very small congregations, some of them hiding from the authorities, so we meet in homes and they're underground. Sometimes they're registered, but there's still quite a high level of fear. Often before a meeting, the pastor will pull us to one side and say, we're starting in 10 minutes. If you want to quit and go home, that's okay, I understand. But we're here. I can't guarantee the authorities aren't going to knock on the door while we're doing this. Do you want to stay? And we say, yep, we want to stay. And we get on with it. And we try and take them back to some of the very basics of church planting. And we say to them, what's it really about? You know, what do you think church is? And we even give them a piece of paper and crayons and say, draw church. And usually they come up with a building that looks something 
like this, which is totally unrealistic in their context. And we encourage them to talk together, we look at the word together, and over about an hour, we get them to try and rethink that, and they conclude that church is about upward relationship with the living God through prayer and worship. Inward relationship with each other through fellowship, teaching, eating together, enjoying each other, and reaching out to the world out there, sharing the good news of Jesus and serving the community. And I was excited looking at your website because on your website, you've got incarnation. We've got three W's. Do you remember them? You probably don't look at your own website very often, do you? <laughs> Let me remind you. Worship, welcome, and wonder. And that's not so different from up, in, and out. Hold on to that. That's really key to life together. Both up and down, in, amongst yourselves as you fellowship, and out there in the needy world of which you're part. Paul is getting ready for his second trip. He's done a little trip around what will be southern Turkey today and Cyprus. He's back. He gets into all this stuff that's going on here that we've just read and heard, acted out. And he decides to go off, not with his previous traveling partner, but with a new one, Silas, and do a more extensive tour that probably lasted a couple of years. And fascinatingly, in the version we read, it doesn't talk about just going to strengthen the church, which is what most of the versions say. It says they went to build up muscle. I understand muscle. I'm not quite sure what sinew are. But anyway, to build up muscle and sinew in the congregations. How do you do that? It must be something you discuss amongst yourself, is it? How do we build up muscle and sinew in the congregations? Now, Thursday you've got Thanksgiving. Um, I'm joining in that, I think. Yeah, just before I fly. And I'm told that if I was to make pumpkin pie, there are four absolute essentials. <laughs> Cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg and cloves being absolutely vital to a good pumpkin pie. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, Steve. Okay. Now then, building church, seeing church grow. What are the absolute essentials? Well, I cheated and peeped into chapter 16 to see what they did. Just on the first leg of this journey, they took on an extra team member, Timothy, because they needed to strengthen the team. They got involved in wonders, casting out demons, breaking out of prison. They were persecuted. They were beaten and put in prison. They may look different for you, but there's different ways of being persecuted. They were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And they provided a really clear witness to a woman called Lydia and her family 
And they went back and supported her and started church. And then to the jailer and his family. And no doubt they were also involved in early church. When I was five years old, I don't have many, mem many memories from being five, but when I was five, my teacher at school gave me a big piece of wet clay. And I was instructed to make a mug with a handle. And I can clearly remember doing this. And her one instruction was, when you make the mug and the handle, don't make the handle separately and stick it on the mug. Because when you take it home, the handle will drop off the mug. What you've got to do is take the clay, mold it, and kind of force, I don't know, whatever, yeah, you know, make the handle come out of the big piece of clay. And I listened, and I understood, and I disobeyed. <laughs> I decided it was easier just to make the handle and the pot and stick them together. We painted it, fired it took it home, and before I could give it to my mum, the handle came off. A good illustration as to why missions need to be at the heart of church life. I was with a woman last month leading a church, and she said to me, you're going to ask me about evangelism, aren't you? And I said, yep. I said, what are you doing? She said, we haven't got enough people to do evangelism yet. I said, have you got any Muslims living in your town? She said, a thousand. I said, well, why don't you start with them? She said, well, we haven't got enough people to. And she was basically saying, until the church gets to a certain size, they can't begin to do any evangelism. And I tried to be gentle, but there were some tears in her eyes as I spoke to her, so I probably wasn't quite gentle enough. But get mission. I know you have, but just hold on to mission right at the heart of church life. Chapter 15, full of activity, argument, all sorts of stuff going on. But Paul, as soon as there's a break and the problem's mainly dealt with, right, who's my partner? Let's go. And off they go, traveling. You should enjoy evangelism. I find it much more enjoyable if I don't think of it as evangelism. If, someone, if this said to me, Steve, Tuesday night, we're going around this area, knocking on doors, cold knocking to do evangelism, I would probably break out in a sweat. Simon says, Steve, before we fly on Thursday, we're going to make pumpkin pie with those special ingredients, stand on the street, sing songs, and give slices, slices portions of it, to pass us by. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. That is very kind of toe-curling for me. So I don't use the word evangelism. I don't use the word evangelical. Where we live, we don't even use the word Christian. We talk about being followers of Jesus. And I think you find that quite liberating if you find evangelism difficult. Drop the E word. Just be who you are. Helping a searcher identify Jesus in a crowd of faces is such a privilege. And there's such a crowd of faces out there, aren't there? 
Who are you going to follow? What are you going to follow? What philosophy are you going to adhere to? Who are you going to vote for? Who are your heroes? But all that aside, and some of that's important stuff. Look, it's Jesus over there. Let me introduce you to my best friend who can revolutionize your life. Loads of competing faces, but just help wherever you are, your neighbor, your colleague at work, people on the street, person next to you on the bus, when you get the opportunity, very gently begin to point them towards Jesus. There's a lovely young woman. I'm going to finish now before the floor opens up. There's a lovely young... Is there some pictures up there? Yeah, there's a lovely young woman. Never mind. There's a lovely young woman called Elif, who... Um, that's not Elif. It could be Elif. So that's Elif. There's Elif with Tara and myself. And um, she's not 62, despite the candles on her... It's not even a birthday cake. We met her in June this year, and she'd just been thrown out of university the previous year, and she needed to pass her English exams to get back in. And she contacted me, and she said, could she have English lessons? I said, what have you done in the last nine months to help yourself get back into university? She said, nothing, which is quite a West Asian reply. But could I help her? We started lessons the next day. And I wrote her name on a piece of paper because she was very sad. She said, my life is over. I'm stuck in this village. I'm going to have to marry a village boy. I don't want to do that. I want a life in the city. I want to go to university and be a lecturer in mathematics. But I mucked up. Is there a second chance? So I wrote her name down, E-L-I-F, and I took the E off the front and wrote it at the end of her name. And I said, what does that say? And she smiled and she said, life. And I said, Elif, that's an option you've got in front of you. So it's lovely with Megan and Liz and perhaps some others here to go and visit her in her village this summer doing English lessons. You were there as well, Nancy, yeah? And... Um, I gave her 50 lessons, about two, two and a half hours each. Tara helped out as well when she was around. And the big day came for the exam. We let her know that you were praying for her. We were sending her messages. I sent her, I forget what I sent, but something from the Bible that was just kind of appropriate, and she thanked me for it. She finished the exam. This was in a town a long way away. She drove back two weeks before the results. We counted down the days. The results still didn't come. Then one afternoon, the phone rang, and a young woman crying on the phone. Steve, Steve. Yes, Olive, what's up? I've passed 62%. She got two points over the, what she needed to get back into university. <laughs> Absolute joy. So Tara and I rushed to the cake shop, bought a cake, took it to the village, lit the candles. Tara's getting to know her mum. I'm getting to know her dad. And they're strong Muslims. Sign when you go into the toilet, left foot first. Very important, that. Sign when you come out of the toilet, WC, restroom, sorry, I'm being... Right foot first, very important, don't forget. All that stuff, you know, but we're beginning to share God's love with them as we get opportunity.
What's our goal? Over there, look, amongst all those faces, amongst all that stuff, there's Jesus. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you for carrying us in the work we do. We think of you from time to time. I won't try and remember you here because you won't be here, but we can picture you and got a feel for what you're doing here. Wonderful to see. Good to be a part of what you're up to today. And we're all missionaries, you know. We've just got different zip codes. <laughs> Bless you.